We are live on Rockfin. Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. I want to offer a special welcome to those of us on Rockfin joining us for the first ever live Drive Time News Blast. This is pretty exciting. Thanks for setting us up, Brad. Yeah, thanks for doing it. And thank you, everybody who's watching. It's a little experiment. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be fun, I think. All right. Well, most people are still going to be listening on the podcast, so let's get to it. Just the first top story I have, there isn't a lot to it except for the Texas abortion law that empowered private people to sue anyone who, quote, abetted an abortion so that they could kind of do an end run around Roe versus Wade. That's been a really big controversial law. And uh, it spurred a lot of protests, which are really funny because the protests over the weekend were my body, my choice. And I just cringed that I didn't have with me a bunch of stickers that said <laughs> no, no vax apartheid, no vax mandate. But anyway, so it's a little contradictory, but it did spur a lot of protests. And it's been very galvanizing for both the right and the left. I personally think Roe versus Wade is bad law. It is totally unconstitutional. It's completely made up. But this law definitely tries to skirt Roe versus Wade, which is generally not permitted. So I wouldn't expect it to stand up. But what I do expect is for it to serve some bigger purpose. And I thought that the purpose would be to to make clearer the limits that the Supreme Court puts on the states for regulating abortion, because right now they're allowed to regulate it. it. According to the 10th Amendment, it's entirely in their purview, but Roe versus Wade kind of violates the 10th Amendment. And what happens is that they they they're increasingly regulating it out of existence, which is against Roe versus Wade. The court probably will not stand for it. But a judge overturned that or at least um, enjoined people from from uh, enforcing this law to be specific. The judge in uh, U.S. District Court, Judge Robert Pittman, ordered a preliminary injunction which prevents judges and court clerks from accepting the lawsuits against abortion providers or anyone who aids and abets abortion. So he's stopping these lawsuits from going forward. A higher court will probably overturn what that guy did. But as far as what the point is, I just figured it was like a DOMA thing. Congress stepped on the 10th Amendment by saying you couldn't have gay marriage. And the Supreme Court said not only can they, they must. So they overstepped the 10th Amendment, too. And I figured it was something like this. But I got a very interesting message from Mr. A, who said, I've been saying that if they have to clarify Roe versus Wade, it could be to change the reasoning because it's settled on privacy. In that case, getting rid of privacy would help justify vax mandates. Just a thought. And that is an interesting thought. And I I kind of didn't go down that road because you should have been able to grow pot in your backyard and smoke it if there was really a privacy clause about your body or whatever. But you never know. I mean, those challenges maybe got um, dismissed or done away with, but this would be a whole new avenue for people to object to the vax mandate and have to w have one other thing to say. Happy birthday, Mr. A. Happy birthday. 
You know, I saw some studies or a study that came out yesterday that was talking about the effect of marijuana on people who are vaccinated. And the conclusion that was drawn was that if you smoke a lot of marijuana, then you are more likely to have a breakthrough infection. And I thought that was just interesting that they have legalized marijuana. They've had everybody locked down. They're promoting smoking more more marijuana. And now they're saying, "Uh oh, now all that marijuana we've been telling you to smoke is going to cause you to have a breakthrough infection, which I don't know that I believe the actual conclusion, but that narrative is. I just I just heard a story today of it was either a hospital or a state that said if you were on the list for an organ transplant and you didn't get the vaccine, that you would be taken off the list. And I'm thinking when you get an organ transplant, you are on a lifetime of immunosuppressing drugs. And maybe their argument is that, oh, well, then you're more likely to get covid. But it seems to me that the vaccine itself, which has that spike protein, which is not benign, could be a problem for people who are immunocompromised. I'd like to see the data on that. But of course, doing my own research would be (laughs) an act of domestic terrorism. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do that right now. So speaking of domestic terrorism, which has been a major theme in the news lately, really pushing it. We've had the Molotov cocktail thrown at the Dem headquarters in Texas. We had the building, the Library of Congress, the guy who drove his truck there threatening to blow it up. Nothing. Nobody was hurt in either case. And then there was a guy yesterday we talked about who was parked outside the Supreme Court who got flashbanged by a SWAT team, even though he had no weapons or anything in his car. And they all fit the theme of domestic terrorism rising in it's kind of Trump supporter like domestic terrorism. Well, I want to give that though a term at you. And this is from the Army Deception Manual. And I think it sheds some light on why we are seeing these stories when we're seeing these stories. And that term is deception events. And this is from the Army Military deception manual from 2019. It says a deception means executed at a specific time and location in support of a deception operation. These events, these deception events are sequenced events for a logical progression of the deception story to synchronize them with the broader deception plan. And the deception event schedule captures what will occur when it will take place, where it will occur, and who will control the execution. The story must be verifiable, believable, and consistent. This manual just lays out basically how to do a false flag, except they frame it. Yeah, that's these stories, whether they're real or not. And I do believe that you can have a bunch of FBI agents in a telegram or some other online forum and stir people up into doing specific types of actions. They are being shown to us to create this narrative. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Agents provocateur is totally a valid way to go through. It would still end up being a psychological operation. Maybe the flag wouldn't be false, but it would be ginned up. The support for it would be false. So this is what I think about the Petito laundry thing. So from the very beginning, from literally the first moment I heard that story, I thought it was screwy because the names meant things. Petito means small, laundry means wash. I saw in our Telegram (laughs) channel somebody who then deleted their account. So it's literally left by a ghost. They have a little ghost figure. So you've got to, if people aren't willing to stand there and have that conversation, you got to wonder why they're dropping these little things in there. But he made an interesting point that I definitely picked up on the names, but I didn't go all the way. His point was Gabby Petito is like small talk gabbing small and then Brian Laundry one quick letter change and it's brainwashing 
brain laundry, brainwashing. So you've got small wow. talk and you've got brainwashing. It was really funny, but I just, I hate names that are just too cute. They, they are a flag to me that I'm dealing with false flag. But that particular one probably has an awful lot of, of, purposes to serve. And I think one of them, as you point out from the beginning, is a domestic terrorism element to it, white supremacy. Those both will fall into, I think, domestic violence, which is going to be the flip side. Another big part of this is this chick had um, is being portrayed as having mental health issues. Then she said it was her fault, even though he hit her, which is a sure sign of domestic abuse. However, the cops who were trying to deal with it in that way, they it kind of plays into that. Should we have cops as cops or should we have social workers dealing with these things? If you separate out those functions, we've had listeners say, if you separate out those functions, then you have you you make the call day minute one. Like, is this something that's going to be kind of handled with finesse or is this something that's going to require the SWAT team? So I feel like yeah. there are many, many issues coming out of that of that story, but domestic terrorism is definitely one of them. And I think the fact that he is being framed as a survival survivalist, it also fits that theme because you so know anybody true. who does that, the self-sufficiency of that, they they don't like that. So true. And there were other things about this that were screwy to me. First of all, it made the news immediately, like absolutely made the news immediately when it still seemed a little bit like a nothing burger. They're still just calling this person a person of interest, Brian Laundrie, and they lost track of him. This got onto the national news before it seemed like anything while he was still completely in the sights of the authorities and he somehow escaped. I mean, it's just it's implausible. I don't think that's ever happening to anyone we know who gets themselves into trouble that it makes national news and there's still, and so that's going to play into the see something, say something, social media thing that you've pointed out. I totally agree. There's just so much here, but it might not always be like front page headline stuff. It might be kind of, uh, uh, approaching different subcultures in different ways. Some of these stories have actually different details when you read them on different mainstream sites. Do you ever notice that? Like a little details, really, really funny. So there is one thing I wanted to tell you, it's a revisit the story, but only because it made the news again. So you had told us, brought us a lot of the stuff about the laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop. The New York Post lost its Twitter account because of that. They never acknowledged that it really was his laptop. Do you know if it if now they're saying it really was the laptop or what? I've got some story, but I think you had a you there it was in the news. A story again. that acknowledged in Politico that acknowledged that it was his laptop. The okay. Hunter Biden, yeah, America's greatest painter. <laughs> no, that is George W. Bush. So, no, but Hunter Biden gets so much more money for his paintings. Yeah. Well, there's probably other stuff he gets money for. Who there is? So this is the thing about Hunter Biden. So I had done a lot of work on Ukraine, the original Ukraine story, where we had hidden audio of Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland plotting a coup against the democratically elected government of Ukraine. I mentioned that the other day and and I got an email that ended with shame on you for repeating a Russian narrative. But I encourage people 
to go both to our website, thepropreport.com, and my website, monicaperezshow.com. I have, we have many, many posts there. Of Some of the audio was lost. WordPress threw me off a while back, and I didn't have my media backed up. So uh, some of the shows I did on the radio on WSB in real time about the Ukraine thing are gone. But the posts are there. The links are there. The hidden audio Victoria Newland should be there. Then we did a lot of stuff during the impeachment process that pointed out, really, if anybody was up to no good in Ukraine, it was Biden and Kerry and all those guys. So we did a lot of work on that. If you go to our sites, propreport.com, monicapressshow.com, and just search Ukraine, you'll just have more, more threads to pull on than you could actually probably get through. So, but one thing that I stumbled upon or researched was Hunter Biden's relationships with James Bulger, um, Chris Hines, I guess, is John Kerry's stepson and Devin Archer in Ukraine and in China. And I also discovered another relationship Hunter Biden had with his uncle, Jim Biden, and Alan Stanford, one of the biggest fraudsters in history, 110 year sentence he's serving. I think his fraud was around seven billion dollars. It's not Bernie Madoff, but it might be like half, which is pretty much a lot. So there's a lot of funny business going on in the people around Biden. I don't think he puts the stuff in his name. I don't think he's fielding these emails, but Hunter seems to be. I'm not even sure Hunter actually is, but they're going to Hunter. And one of them that just came out, I saw it on Fox News, Jack Owens, who's Joe's sister's husband, wrote Hunter an email saying, we're trying to get this deal closed in China. We need a Chinese business license. It sounds like not a big deal, but the red tape is a killer there. And that's what people say about communist countries, socialist countries. I was hearing an entrepreneur, would-be entrepreneur out of Africa saying the problem is the red tape. It's it's bribing, but it's also just bureaucracy that keeps you from entering new markets. So that's one way that licensure and stuff can really control a market and that in that way, give power to the politicians. So Hunter immediately forwards this on to James Bulger, the third or whatever his name is. He's this nephew of Whitey Bulger and his business partner for a long time and just asked him to to help out Uncle Jack here, if he would. And it's, there was, so all these guys have been working together all over the place. But the one person who I kept highlighting and nobody ever talked about, I, I never heard Tucker Carlson talk about it, but maybe he did, maybe even had him on the show. I don't know, but I never see much about this guy, Devin Archer. He's the fourth man. The other guys you recognize, Chris Hines is John Kerry's nephew, Jamie Bulger, uh, James Bulger, obviously, Hunter Biden. But this guy, Devin Archer, was a was a big time, or I should say he was convicted of fraud. And he was def- uh, convicted of defrauding the Oglala Sioux Indian tribe out of bond sale proceeds. It's uh, The news reporting was that Biden was not implicated. Hunter Biden wasn't implicated in the, in the scheme, but the scheme was committed under the auspices of a broader business venture in which Biden was involved and the perpetrators invoked his name to bolster their legitimacy. So this guy, Devin Archer, he had five co-conspirators in that fraud. Three or four of them pled guilty uh, plea bargained, and he and some others went to trial. The trial, the jury found them guilty. Found them guilty, and the judge vacated that verdict immediately and said it was unreasonable. But I did a little digging, and in, I haven't seen this anywhere. That judge was the wife. Is I think still the wife of the number two guy on Mueller's. Russia interference. <laughs> of course. Yes. So so I was like, wow. Then 
I guess it was so fishy that another judge came and and overturned her. What was I guess ended up being a mistrial. He was going get, to get to go to trial again. Another court said this this judge had absolutely no grounds on which to do this. This guy's conviction stands. The sentencing is on hold as they appeal it to the Supreme Court. And I looked and that was supposed to happen in February. Then in May, they kick the can again. They just keep kicking the can, kicking the can, kicking the can while this guy stays out of jail. Clearly, he well, I I would say some of the articles I've read say clearly he's being protected by the Biden machine. But I just feel like there is so much corruption with these guys and that the way it works is that Joe keeps himself clean by making the other people in his family do the interacting. So that's why they're ne'er-do-wells and stuff, because they're not out there being businessmen. They're out there being beards. Yeah, blatantly, too. The stuff with Hunter Biden is just crazy that it's just out there and everybody's like, ah, eh, who cares? How dare you ask about that? There was one email I saw that was on Tucker Carlson by the guy Boblinski, Tony Boblinski, I think his name was. And I had the email in my possession at one point and I was looking this morning and I couldn't find it. I mean, I'd really have to do some scouring, but I remember distinctly what it looked like. And it was an email by Tony, who I, who seems like a very legit guy. He was not happy when this started looking weird. And it was interacting with a Chinese business venture that never, I think, ever came to pass never really made any investments, but it was a list, I think, of 15 politicians where it said, these are our contacts for phase one infrastructure projects. And it listed for some of them, I think it was Andrew Cuomo, Newsom, Kamala Harris, Klobuchar. There were a lot of people in there. And I mean, I, I'm just doing it out of memory, but I'm pretty sure those names were in that list. And it talked in some cases about how much government infrastructure money those people controlled. I mean, think about that the implications of that as far as our tax dollars, our trillion dollar infrastructure bill, our four trillion dollar human infrastructure bill, and how these guys are behind the scenes wheeling and dealing, whether it's somebody who's in an elected position or just connected to somebody in an elected position, how much those dollars, these guys are out there using them to their own advantage. And I, I hate to say it because it seems like a pile on thing from, you know, Republican, not a Republican, but the, Biden's corruption is really, it, it seems to me that it's, it's a whole nother level. Well, that's how you build back better is with Hunter Biden and their gaggle of criminals. And they seem to get away with it. This guy in Texas was, his name is Christopher Charles Perez, Perez. He was sentenced to 15 months in federal prison earlier this week. 15 months, keep that in mind, for spreading COVID-19 related hoax on social media. So 15 months in prison plus a $1,000 fine for lying on Facebook is what it boils down to. Uh, I, I did notice his initials are CCP. It's an unfortunate initials. He has there. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. He was found guilty on two counts, which criminalized false information and hoaxes related to biological weapons. The federal statute, if you want to look it up, is what? 18 U USC 1038. And this, what happened was in 2020, this guy posted two messages on his Facebook page in which he claimed to have hired a COVID-infected person to go to several grocery stores in the San Antonio area and lick items on display. Here's what he said, according to the the court documents. My homeboy's cousin has COVID-19 and has licked everything for the past two days because we paid him to. Big difference is we told him not to film it. You've been warned. You know, this guy's like a poor man's joker with that post. It was not, didn't happen. The, the FBI found that he was lying 
And the reason he said he was lying was because he wanted to stop people from going around and spreading the virus. So he claimed that he was trying to actually protect people. I don't know that I buy that. But part of the statute is that it has to be believable by a reasonable person. And I don't think that's believable, that post, by any reasonable person. I think it was a troll, a joke that he was probably trying to play. And the federal investigator said that making comments like that on Facebook about this virus is no joking matter, and we will prosecute you to the full extent of the law. And that's exactly what they did. So it was yeah, That's what it seemed like. That <laughs> tells me it was a joke. I know people who joke like this all the time among friends on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get COVID, what are you going to do? I'm going to go spit in everybody's mailbox. You, I'm not that. Nobody's doing that. If anybody's <laughs> listening, that was just a relation to the story here. But that is kind of scary that you can't even make jokes like that or you face potentially 15 months in prison. There's a lot of stuff you can't joke about. And I think they want to eradicate humor. Absolutely, especially if it's not humor that is the Stephen Colbert brand of humor, which is you you dress like a needle and you dance around and promote a vaccine, which is <laughs> See, obviously but, hilarious. But dressing Bill Gates like a lizard covered in needles is very, very funny. That's what Howard Stern did with fake Alex Jones, and that was quite funny. Did he really? Oh, it's so, so funny. And everything Alex Jones said, fake Alex Jones said – I'm not the only one who thought that. I was like, that's true. That's true. That's true. Like even fake Alex Jones has got the news better than than the real news, than the than the real yeah. fake news. We were talking about how Andrew Wiggins gave he oh, got yeah. the vaccine the other day. Well, we have oh, another yeah. prominent athlete who feels like he was forced to get the vaccine, and it's Iron Mike Tyson. He said, This is what he said. I didn't do it willingly. I was a little apprehensive about it. I was pretty much beaten into submission to do it because I travel internationally. And if I don't travel, we don't eat. And that was his basic summation of it. That's the theme they're trying to push. You're not going to be able to live your life. And it's interesting that entertainers who are the influencers are the ones who are on the front lines of actually having to capitulate. I have an interesting story, I think, about the candidate for the lieutenant governorship in Virginia. I'll bring that in the XR segment. So, um, but I think there's there are other some people are taking a stand, is all I'll say. Yes, there are. I feel are. bad and for him. I feel bad for him. I, I, I wonder if Jonathan Isaac is going to survive this without actually ending up having to capitulate and then being an object lesson to everybody else that you might as well capitulate because taking a stand will just get you into hot water or maybe they'll fire him. I'm, I'm worried about him, too. But both of those guys, they had a tough choice to make. And so far, they've made different choices. But I, I'm yeah. curious. I think the reason that they're promoting this story along with the Wigan story is to demoralize people, is to make people think that it's yes. if Iron Mike Tyson. Tyson, the baddest man on the planet, can't stand up to him. Who, who's to say that you can? And I would say that there are 5,000 Kaiser employees who are out, who are going to go find other jobs because they refuse the vaccine. 5,000 healthcare employees, and they need healthcare employees. They're in demand. They will find other jobs at places that do not require it. Not to mention there's a bunch of people at the AT&T. No, it was uh, New York City school employees, thousands of staff members. They walked out. They quit. They did not take it. So people are standing up and either a parallel society or other organizations that do not have these requirements will arise or they will just loosen the mandates like they are doing at the Hawks Arena. The protocols for at State Farm Arena are that you can now sit among vaccinated people even if you're unva- unvaccinated. So they, they relax the, the rules. 
Yeah, um, my guess is that you have to show a negative test to get in, but still, that is the way the alternatives are going. But with the with the healthcare workers, I do think that they that this it seems like it's going to be a crisis, but a they can kind of transition or at least make it a possibility that the military is going to fill those slots. But ultimately, they've been looking for a transition to telemedicine for a long time. I don't know what the reasoning is. Maybe it's just much cheaper for them. Maybe the answer is always is all, always pharmaceuticals. When you do a telemedicine, maybe it's so they can always monitor the healthcare provider's communication directly with the patient. But this move towards telemedicine is definitely happening. So maybe by eliminating a lot of those workers, they give themselves an excuse to go to telemedicine and they can even do telemedicine with people in other countries. I mean, once you go tele, you go worldwide. Yeah. And I've seen some World Economic Forum articles about telemedicine pop up recently. I haven't read them yet, but if they're focusing on it, then there's definitely something that they're going to be using it for. Before we get to our last big story of the free 30, which is going to be about how to cure depression through electrical brain implants. I'm going to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is the surprising animal whose memory is sharper for far longer than humans. And will the unvaxxed who fake it get caught up in some ostracism along with the vaxxed? When will the other shoe drop? And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science. True Hemp Science is your truehempscience.com is your CBD experts. What makes them different is that they create handcrafted full spectrum, high quality CBD products by sourcing the highest grade hemp from around the world. And they personalize their your experience there because they are knowledgeable and they love working with their customers to help you find what exactly it is that you need. My personal favorite is the Acapulco Gold Lotion, which smells natural and it feels great. It has hemp extract in it and their t-shirts are really freaking cool. They have a promotion uh, through the end of October for Propaganda Report listeners it's a deal 40% off a uh, number 23 CBD oil. It's a 10 milliliter purchase with any regular price product over $43. The code is prop 23. And I also will give a testimonial for another product, which has been the subject of previous promotions, but not this one, but I just used it recently. My daughter had problems with her wrist. I guess she's getting that, that all this zooming for school has been bad for the kids. So I said, Hey, I've got some potent medicine for you. Ultra sports muscle rub by true hemp science. If you, if you're going to put it on your wrist though, like you got to watch it because if it gets in your eyes, I mean, this is real medicine. This is like a gift from God kind of medicine. I said, you got to put like a sock or glove over your hand or whatever. She says, Oh yeah, I have some of that stuff. I love it. I'll go use it right now. So she, I, in my experience, those like aches and pains, three days of using that stuff, just don't get it in your eyes. But that I find that the skin products, I know people love CBD, but the skin products are among my, number one go-tos for aches and pains. Yeah. And they will answer your questions. And that's what is most important for me anyway, when I'm not familiar with something is that the people who work there will help you understand the product and how it can help you. So check them out. TrueHempScience.com slash prop report. Prop code is the code, the prop code. Well, actually prop 23 for that special. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. A prop 23. <laughs> All right. And if you haven't yet, Thank you guys for checking us out live here on Rockfin. We are now doing the DNB XR, which used to be called the Patron 15, where 
you get 45 minutes usually of commercial free the live version here we do have the commercials in but commercial free and every day that we drop a dnb we also drop the extra content on patreon and on rockfin.com and we have a variety of different tiers on patreon which gives you high levels of interaction and on rockfin we have deep dive video deconstructions that we do we're going to be picking those up again here in the upcoming week so check that out rockfin.com slash propaganda slash propaganda report and patreon.com slash propaganda report now on to our final story of the free 30 new study came out there was the first patient to be treated for depression using a new form of electric brain stimulation and this person has experienced dramatic and sustained improvement so it was i think nine months ago that they completed the study or that she completed her treatment and she is still not suffering from depression. Sounds kind of like a lobotomy when I first read this. Go ahead. Just, I'm reading this thing by Jim Keith. Jim Keith is my favorite conspiracy researcher. I think he died in 1999 of a blood clot after knee surgery. He was in his fifties. He was in a burning man accident. I think he fell off the stage, but his books are fantastic. He's the one I sent you the saucers of the Illuminati, but the one I'm reading right now is called mass control. It's the encyclopedia of mind control experiments. And those brain implants are well documented. He has a couple of books on mind control. Jim Keith does, but uh, maybe I'll find it for the show notes. It's definitely been one of our recommended books in previous newsletters but he those things are absolutely documented they stopped kind of documenting the cia mind control experiments in the 70s and 80s but prior to that they it was very clear that brain implants they could do a lot with that so i'm very afraid of that but i have an alternative so listen to how they they do this they they developed a precision medicine approach they're calling it where they target very very specific nodes to implant these circuits in and this is how the authors described it crystal and the co-authors implanted a reactive device in the brain of a 36 year old patient who had suffered major depressive disorder since childhood they identified a pattern of brain waves indicating depression and the device and, and they had the device respond only when it detected the pattern. Not only was this successful, Crystal said, the results were almost instantaneous in contrast to other treatments, which usually take four to eight weeks. Applying currently only when needed, it mitigates concerns for neural adaptation and preserves the battery life and reduces side effects. If they can do that with such precision, control how your brain is affected, turn it on and off to make you feel a certain way, that is... That's terrifying to have in your mind. And they always present these things. Like I was watching the Supreme, the Supreme Court, the Super Bowl, and the <laughs> ad was for like uh, a, uh, it was for virtual reality or augmented reality. And the ad was for children who had physical handicaps. So the ad was like, we need VR and AR because in that world, these kids can be equal. So, but that is not the reason they are pushing VR and AR on people. I mean, this is the wave of the future. I mean, everyone's going to be going to have some of that. And this, I believe, is part of that. Even Prozac itself, which was initially prescribed as a three month regimen to reset dysthymia, which was like a kind of a lifetime depression thing. Now it's given to people who aren't even really depressed necessarily. But I had a. This And of course, you can't trust these people. As soon as they get a technology like that, like as soon as they understand mRNA, what do they do with it? 
<laughs> they make laws that everybody has to get it. Like it's crazy. So that stuff scares me. I want nothing to do with it. Uh, one point is that I did notice that Obama had was said precision medicine once in a state of the union address. I was like, I have never heard that expression before, but I now fear it. And for good reason. And I realized then that it was probably about getting specific genetic data on individuals so that they can tweak the medical care to you personally. But I also told you recently about an alternative to traditional depression remedies from even from psychotherapy to pharma. And it's this thing, and you were right, it is a part of CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. It's called behavioral activation. Skinner totally scares me and his daughter did kill herself. So I am completely not a fan of Skinner, although I think this may derive from some of his theories or experiments. But this is it. This is the key to look it up if you're if you know somebody who has a depression. CBT uh, behavioral activation, where literally just interspersing pleasant things with unpleasant things just brings you out of your depression faster than any other method that they know. Maybe not then getting inside your brain and touching it directly. I don't know. And I don't know how long that lasts, but, but that it just having a, just a grueling life or just locking yourself in your room, just intersperse a couple of pleasant things in your day. And it literally elevates your mood. And I think there's a lot of other things too: exercise, diet, gardening, soil. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of things, but this seems to be, uh, it's so, it seems so effective that I'm not surprised they don't tell people about it. They talk about that in the book, Thinking Fast and Slow, which is one of those books they recommend the CIA agents read. It won a Nobel Prize. It's, it's a very good book. But they talk about the replacing of thoughts because, the, you know, the whole idea of don't think of a pink elephant. You're still thinking of a pink elephant because you're reinforcing that in your mind. And when you get depressed, it's really tough to get out of it. One of the things that, that, that makes it hard is that you focus so much on that negative stuff and it just reinforces and it makes those nodes in your brain stronger and stronger and replacing it instead of having the negative stuff, trying to replace it with that positive stuff that you're saying to try and create new nodes and make those nodes stronger and stronger until they overpower the others. And it takes a long time. It is an effective method. It's, it's just challenging to do. I'm not sure those are the same things, but I believe they both work. I think yeah. you can just you can fake it till you make it with the behavioral That's right. activation. That's right. So uh, a couple of things. This is what we've been doing lately, and I'm this is this is something you could do that is cheerful and pleasant. People have been sending me slowly but surely, get in the habit of sending me things to shout out to their local community. So anybody who listens to this who's in San Diego or New Hampshire, I've got a couple of things for you this weekend that might be fun. And maybe there'll be somebody there with a Propaganda Report t-shirt on. If there is somebody there, because I'll say, if you send me the shout out, I'll send you the t-shirt. If there is somebody there, go say hi. That's why they're wearing the t-shirt. They don't, they, they just, uh, they're probably working this thing or just attending, but want to meet people near them. So one of them is, we had a friend, uh, a listener, Matt, from the Granite State Spice Blends Company. He goes to the farmer's market in Pelham, New Hampshire, every Saturday in October from 10 to 2, I think it is. Yeah, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you can find him there this Saturday. But he's also doing a Save the Skate Park event Sunday, October 10th, which is this Sunday from 11 to 5 it's in Salem, New Hampshire. It's Salem's Skate Park on 39 Shadow Lake Road. So 
if you want to go to that, he's got very good reasons for wanting to save the skate park. It's a memorial for some friends of us who died. It's the only thing that kids have that they can do and they're spending money on dumb stuff. And he just, he thinks raising awareness is really going to help. But so you can go to the Salem skate park event Sunday, October 10th from 11 to five. You can go to the Pelham, New Hampshire farmer's market every Saturday in October from 10 to two. And here's something cool, which is, I think this is a great overlap. We have a listener, Cam, who sets up occasionally a no agenda meetup. He's in San Diego. He set one up this weekend and he thought there would be really good crossover with our listeners. He's a crossover listener. Sir Tim is a crossover listener, although he's in Hawaii. We, um, Fernando is, we have a lot, a lot of crossover listeners. So if you, if you do want to hook up with that crowd or even just propaganda report listeners his meetup it's a no agenda meetup in san diego it's on the 10th uh it's a boots on the ground meetup 3 30 p.m at home and away at home and away in san diego look for cam and that's all i got but i think that's a lot all right that's great thank you you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the propaganda report podcast feed if you want access to the extra content that i was telling you about you can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report or patreon.com slash propaganda report and check us out there we will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the dnb xr have a fantastic rest of your day